Are you sick of diets, but you want to feel really freaking comfortable in your body? Great, then you've come to the right place. Join me, Melissa Ronda, fearless and forthright weight loss expert who helps busy women ditch diets, stop eating their feelings, and take their power back for good. Before we get into episode two of Family Files, I have a couple of announcements. Number one, honestly, Melissa is now coming to you twice a week. So I will be releasing episodes every Tuesday and every Friday to you. And I'm excited to do this because man, I've never put my energy into something that has grown this quickly. And I would be a dumbass to not deliver more content to you because you're telling me that you're loving it. And I'm so glad that I released uh, episode one of Family Files to you. It was pretty vulnerable. I've got a lot of baggage. Um, I'm worried about a lot of judgment um, and all that shit. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I've I got to get it out. You needed to hear it. And one thing I've learned is, hey, you know what? Just be yourself. And the people that need to hear it, man, that's going to resonate with them. And the people that it doesn't resonate with, they're just going to go away. And I'm totally cool with that because that means we're left with a group of women who really fucking get each other. How badass is that, right? If you have a girlfriend that you think uh, episode one of Family Files would really resonate with, I'd love for you to share the episode with her. That's the best way for me to get the word out about the podcast. And I've got a lot of important stuff that I've got to say, and I want to share it with as many women as possible. Because I really do believe that the weight loss space needs this. It needs it more now than ever, and no one's talking about it. So I think it's really revolutionary. I think it's what we need to be discussing, and I want as many years on it as possible. Other ways you can help is uh, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast as well. So I really do appreciate all your support. I love you guys. And without further ado, here is episode two of Family Files. If you missed last week's episode, please go back and listen to that one first. This will not make any sense at all, and you will think I'm completely insane if you don't listen to that one first. So that's your warning. So now, assuming that you have listened to last week's podcast, um, I just want to recap a tiny bit for you. So I shared a personal story with you about the Uh, death of my uncle John when I was a little girl he committed suicide on Father's Day and I was gifted uncle John's bird he had a bird named feathers and when I was a little girl I I had feathers in my room with me and I took care of him um, after my uncle's passing and when I came in my room one day the bird had died and was laying on the bottom of the cage And so I went downstairs and seeking, you know, a mother's love. I only got my mother screaming at me that I killed the bird. She said I killed it because I used hairspray in my room. And it was really traumatic. But it was something that I didn't remember until probably a year or so ago. And part of the reason that I I did remember this is because I've been doing a lot of healing Originally on my weight loss journey, when I first started, my motivating factor was I felt like shit, I looked like shit, and I was really disappointed in myself. I had been addicted to prescription drugs, but I I had an addictive personality in general. 
I uh, was certainly not a saint, and I can share more of that in some episodes to come. I'd love to, um, because I believe when you share your story, it connects you with other people, and if it helps you in some way um, unpack some of your baggage, then that's uh, the price that I'm willing to pay uh, to be vulnerable and to share this information with you. But when I did decide to go on my weight loss journey, it was for those reasons. It was definitely, I thought it was just I wasn't eating right and I wasn't exercising. But now that I've been unpacking a lot of this over the past few years, I started to realize that what's really the most interesting piece and the piece that most people don't want to look at is why you got that way in the first place. That is the true question that needs to be answered in order to truly heal and in order to get lasting weight loss. This is the reason why a lot of women cannot stick, keep the weight off no matter how hard they try is because there are stories uh, that they are telling themselves subconsciously that they don't even realize that they're aware of them. But they shape the way that we view ourselves, what we think we're capable of, uh, what we think we deserve. Um, it changes the relationships that we have, the people that we choose to spend our time with, what we choose to tolerate, <laughs> what we don't put up with, and uh, what we do for other people. It has a lot to do with um, how we see ourselves as valuable. So for a lot of women, uh, doing things for other people is how they get their own self-esteem. And if they think about spending time doing things for themselves, they feel uh, very guilty and they feel very selfish. And so to me, and this is why I think it's really important to take a look back and understand, you know, what are, what's the programming that's happening here that's making me interact with the world around me the way that I do. And I shared this in the, in last week's episode, but I realized that I had this recovered memory. It came to me because I was doing a lot of this unpacking on other stories that I can share with you another time. But I had a dream that made, that triggered this memory for me. And it was like, it was almost like going into another realm and pulling out information and bringing it back with me to the real world. It was really such an insane way. Um, I could actually feel like the processes happening of my brain recovering this information. I was sort of kind of compare it to if somebody was in a coma and then they came back to how it takes time for them to start connecting the pieces of, let's say they were in an accident, and then all of a sudden you only remember bits and pieces. And the more that you remember, the more of the puzzle that comes back together. This was um, the story about feathers dying was very much like that for me. The reason that I'm sharing this story with you today is not only just to just be vulnerable with you, but I want to share with you what you can do if you're really genuinely curious, if you've got stuff going on like this, um, if you've got stuff that you need to handle and you're not really entirely sure where to start, but you know that there's definitely trauma there, here are some actionable steps that you can take. So there is an exercise in enlightenment that you can do. And I had a podcast guest 
in the past named Valerie Kolick. She's a trained psychotherapist, and um, you can scroll back. The episode was on uh, the power of forgiveness, which is something, admittedly, I have yet to master. I don't even know that I have a desire for forgiveness for a lot of the people that, um, that I probably need to forgive but I'm just not there yet and I'm totally okay with that. I'd rather take my time and energy into helping all of you. But she was speaking on the power of forgiveness and this exercise that she recommended feels like a huge undertaking. So I really just want you to be open-minded about what I'm about to share with you. Make the decision if this is something that you want to do or not. But but knowing that that for me, this has been very fruitful. So Valerie suggested that you create a list of your childhood memories and you want to try to start from your earliest memory all the way up. If you're thinking, what the fuck, Melissa, like <laughs> every single memory, <laughs> that is freaking nuts. I'm not talking about every memory. I'm talking about the memories that come up for you that are significant, okay? So if you have a memory like, well, I remember that year I went trick-or-treating, it was delightful, end of story. <laughs> that doesn't need to go on the list. But you know, you know the memories I'm talking about, the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't want you to cherry pick. It just has to have some sort of significance to it. When I started my list, as I mentioned, I mean, the bird story was not on there, but there were a lot of other stories that had a very similar theme to them. And you will probably be very surprised when you write down in black and white the memories you have from when you were a little child all the way up. You will most likely see a running theme there. For myself, Certainly the bird story wasn't the only situation that I sought out my mother's love and didn't receive it. What's more is even in adulthood, in times of peril, I continually went to seek out my mother's love. And every single time I found myself thinking, surely this time will be different, but it never was. It wasn't until I was able to write down all of those childhood memories that I could see that specific pattern. Not only did I see the pattern in the relationship with my mother, I saw the pattern in relationships with other people, with boyfriends, with spouses, with childhood friends, with adult friends. Surely I thought I would come and this time it would be different and it never, ever was. These memories shape us. This is our programming, and most people don't even realize why the do, they do the things they do. They don't realize that the situation that they're in happened because they allowed it. Often people will just think, this happened to them, my life happened to me. But it's these tiny little micro choices that we make dozens and dozens of times every single day that shift the direction of our life. So whether it's the spouse 
you choose or the promotion you don't get because you don't have the courage to go for it or the toxicity you tolerate, it all comes from subconscious beliefs that we have and they're all shaped by our experiences. It's a lens that we look through. And maybe your lens is saying you're a bad girl who's lucky to get anything at all. Or maybe your lens says like you're a stupid person and someone who could never do anything right no matter how hard you try. It changes the way you interpret the world around you and your place in it. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Westworld, but to me it is so much like reality. There are characters that are robots but they really legitimately look like humans. They look like like really great wax museum quality people like, right? Um, but I'm not talking about like the weird Abraham Lincoln you see at the m memorial. I'm talking more like if Jurassic Park was robots, that would be Westworld. The point of Westworld is that people pay to go there and be to be immersed in the wild west and actually get to engage with people and it seems very, very real. And so the robots, they all have a particular role in the community. Some of the characters like the outlaw, one of the outlaw guys, if, if you were to accidentally bump his shoulder, he would probably shoot you. And the reason is, is because the outlaw is programmed with like a wild backstory. So he's not programmed with shoot shoot anybody. He's programmed with memories about tough times, about having to fight or die. And because of this, he's really aggressive and he sees the other people around him as a potential threat because he's learned from past experience that he has to fight or he might get shot. So in contrast, in season one, this is going to be a spoiler alert, what I'm going to say to you next, so uh, I just want to warn you of that. But in season one, Dolores, who she is played by Evan Rachel Wood, and she's a friggin' goddess. <laughs> so season one, she's really mild-tempered and sweet in season one, but you'll see. But she's humble and she's kind and she's kind of like the simple farmer's daughter. I think that her mom died when she was young, but for some reason that was like, that was the only tragedy that she had. Everything was else was pretty much peaceful. So that was the backstory that she was programmed with. So therefore, if she were out um, in town and somebody bumped her shoulder, she would simply just smile at them. She might even apologize and say it was her fault. Because in Dolores's world, she assumes the best in everyone, and she doesn't see other people as a threat. So you can see it's the same world, two different robot people, two different backstories, two very different views of the world around them. So that show to me, not only is the music in season one just absolutely gorgeous and moving, but when you can really see how these robots are so much like humans and how we have stories that shape the way that we see the world, the shape the way that we communicate with other people, it we shapes the way that we see everything around us and our place in it, when you can see it from a robot perspective, it somehow to me becomes easier to understand how we too 
do this with our own backstories. The thing is that our backstories run the show. When I created my list of memories, do you remember um, I in in the last episode of this podcast, I mentioned a friend who died of a drug overdose? Well, so here's another story that I wrote on my list when I figured out my backstory. So that friend that I still to this day have dreams about often. When I found out that he died of a heroin overdose, I was crying hysterically. When I say it to you right now, my heart hurts. And this was almost 20 years ago. I loved him so much. Everyone loved him. He was a bad boy, but he was also my brother's friend who would bring me a birthday card every year. And that was a big deal because I was the youngest. I was the little sister. And I never really got a lot of respect from my brother's friends. And my brother David and I were very close. We're only like two and a half, three years apart. So we were really close in our teenage years. Um, But I didn't, so we hung out a lot, but I didn't get that respect of his friends. But this friend treated me different. And this friend gave me birthday cards and I loved him so much. So when I found out he died, I was crying hysterically. And when my mother saw me crying, she said, oh, what the hell are you crying so hard for? You are only crying because he was cute. Yep, I know. The friend, the bird, my mother, lack of compassion. It's all the same thing. (laughs) My backstory told me that in times of grief, Melissa does not receive compassion. So why bother showing you're hurting? There is no point in me sharing that I'm sad because it's only going to be met with more pain. So I learned to not tell the people around me that I was hurting. I learned that my personal pain wasn't important. And I learned that I had to suck it up and shut my mouth. These stories that happened to me, these backstories changed everything. I also recall my mother calling me a selfish little bitch frequently. I went to lunch with my oldest, bestest friend. Um, I am so blessed to have a friend that I've had since I've been six years old. And we're going to see our third New Kids on the Black concert together this coming summer. And so I had, we both really had an untraditional upbringing. And some of these memories, I I want to like just really check in and go, did this really, really happen? Because there's other parts of my life that I like can't remember years. And those were actually my worst years. But my younger years, the years of like when feathers died, and my uncle died, those weren't even close to my worst years. And I remember so much of that. And my oldest, bestest friend laughs because she's like, how do you remember this? And how do you remember that? Yet there's other things that I remember none of it. So I don't always trust my memory. And I like to check in with people that can confirm or deny for me, just so that I make sure that I'm not telling myself a story that I want to hear. And so I asked her if she recalled me being called a selfish little bitch. And she said, yes, 
all of the time. Your mother often told you and your brothers that they were selfish and they she called them assholes. And that was common occurrence in the house that I grew up in. She would say that we were spoiled and that's what's wrong with us. Terry's kids wouldn't do this to her. Well, never mind that Terry probably wasn't telling her kids that they were little assholes and little bitches, but you know, but there's these stories, there's these memories, there's this shit that is inside of all of us that is sitting there and it's untapped, but it's running the show and it's sitting there because we think it's normal, just like Gypsy Rose. She thought it was normal that her mother had her sit in that wheelchair. She thought it was normal that she had to take all of that medication. She didn't know that a mother couldn't be trusted. She just figured that was the way it was. And I figured that that was just the way that mothers were. I did not know any better. But this changed the course of my entire life because we're all characters with backstories. And my backstory told me that my needs weren't important. I was told that I should put everyone else before myself. I constantly was trying to prove my mother wrong, that no, I'm not a selfish little bitch, see? Because I do everything, even the things I don't want to be doing, I do them for other people because I don't want to be a selfish little bitch. I also learned things like if you want something right, do it yourself. I don't know if that one resonates with you. I was also told that I was a bad girl and that I didn't deserve any better. And of course, it, you know, it doesn't always come out like that, right? It doesn't come out like that in my brain to myself, but it comes out in little ways, like, like things that I'll tolerate or friends not showing up when my father died, just not really delivering on the friendship. And I tolerated this stuff from people and I compromised so much of my life because I did learn as a child that sacrifice is an act of love and don't be ungrateful. You're lucky to have anything at all. But looking into your childhood is a trip worth taking. More often than not, you're going to find answers to why you overeat, why you have low self-esteem, why you can't stand up for yourself, why you feel like you're being taken advantage of. But I know it can be complicated and like these thoughts aren't always linear. So this is going to take time. I like to think about this journey as an onion and you want to peel away at the layers. I want you to allow yourself permission to let it take time it doesn't all need to make sense today. There's little dots that you're going to be able to connect over time and you will be able to remember more and more. And the theme, the backstory, your programming that you have will eventually rise to the top. You will end up seeing, oh my God, I've created this reality around me because this is the lens that I look through. So I encourage you today to think beyond a food problem, to think beyond not knowing what to eat, to think beyond lifting heavy. There's more happening here. This is the message that I want to get across to you today. All of this stuff matters. You have to learn to eat 
healthy food. You need to learn how to exercise efficiently. All of that stuff matters. But first, I encourage you to look at why you are where you are today and take ownership of that. Because through the ownership comes the power to make changes. And there's small shifts that you can make. Maybe it's telling your friend, I can't help you with that. Maybe it's not apologizing all the time. Maybe it's doing things that may have felt selfish to you before but are really just you taking care of yourself. They're small things, but it all starts from figuring out that story. So today I encourage you to pull out a piece of paper, remember those stories that you can remember from when you were a little girl all the way up through your teenage years. And if you have something significant in your 20s as well, and allow this to be a process that you do over time and that you can edit and add to, but you will see a theme come up and you have the power to change it just like I did. I'm not a selfish little bitch. I do care for other people and I also care for myself and I want that for you. So dig deep, ladies. It's a lot more than cutting carbs. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you back here next week. Yeah, and I hope she mad chill. That she's smart as fucking always keep.